You're listening to the AID Network. Hey fellow citizens of Disneyland, before we get started with today's episode of Disneyland for Designers, I want to let you know that over on Adventures in Design, my 1000th episode, I did an interview with Disney Imagineer Rolly Crop. We talked all about the art of creativity and working with Walt Disney. It's one of my episodes that I'm the most proud of, and I worked really hard on it because it was the 1000th episode that I released in my career. It was a celebration of all things creativity, looking backwards and forwards in your career. If you have a chance and you're looking for a pick-me-up and a little inspiration, make sure you check it out. It's Adventures in Design, 1000th episode with Rolly Crump. Hello, designers for Disneyland. We have a very different episode for you today. In fact, it's so different for the first time ever. We're leaving the walls of the Disneyland Resort and giving you all of the details of the D23 2019 Disney Parks panel. So we're going to be looking at all the design details that are popping up around planet Earth in the name of Disneyland design. And most of the time, we're talking about attractions that you love and adore, that you've ridden on thousands of times, hundreds of times, maybe more accurate, or once or twice for some of you. Sorry about your luck. Because we are going into new territories today, head over to at AID Podcast on Instagram, where I will have a slideshow guiding you all through the new concept art released by Disney this weekend at the Parks panel. And for members of the Circle of Trust, I have even more images for you when you log in to download today's show and your bonus content. So what do you say we get started with Disneyland for Designers, Episode 8, my personal Top 10 D23 Disney Park Design Announcements. This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth. And all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design and you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. so excited to have this conversation about D23's park announcement panel. Mm, so much. Or as I refer to it, Disneyland Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and this year I decided to watch from home. Uh, I've been to the, the panel two years before mm -hmm. with media credentials. And I just, you know, I love Disney, but I to do my job right, I have to be honest where I can. I don't think D23 is quite the event for me. Even with media credentials, I found it to just be hard to kind of get around and to go to where I wanted to go. Sure. You know, I go to the park all the time. I'm not necessarily an attractions guy. Not that I, I'm strongly opposed to lines, but I would just rather do other things with my time. Right, right. So I stayed at home, I streamed at home, and had a great time. And for me personally, I got more out of this D23 
being able to enjoy it in the comfort of my own home. Yes. So even though I didn't go to D23, I had the best D23 weekend <laughs> ever. That's the way to do it. I did it the way that it made sense for me. So the list that we're going to be looking at today is my top 10 things that excited me that were announced at the Parks panel. Can we do it in the voice that you normally do? Number 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll be doing all the countdowns that way. But... This is all from the design perspective, you know, and whereas a lot of people would get very excited about an e-ticket attraction that's coming, I'm looking at things that I think are an indication of where the park's going, where Mm -hmm. Disney's going, how the Imagineers are thinking. Right. So I'm going to say that my list is probably different than most, but that makes it fun to jump in. Number 10. Here we go. Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance, new footage. All right. So I want to start here. This is an attraction that already exists. We know that it's there. We know that you and I are going to get to do this in January, Mm -hmm. unless you end up in Florida before then. Possible. That's in your realm of possibilities, (laughs) I understand. Sure. But uh, seeing more of it, even if it's only another 22 seconds of Mm -hmm. it, is so exciting for what the possibilities are for this attraction. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the main thing, too, and this is a very quick... This isn't even like footage that they brought specifically for the expo. This is sort of like an ad, right? It's sort of like a, here's what's coming at Galaxy's Edge. Um, But the scope was the thing that hit me first, right? Like when you come on that little tram that you're on, which is cute, but then you come out and you see those ad-ads, like that's the money shot there. And I'm kind of curious how that's going to feel because it looked great on the footage. Well, a lot of us that were following along with the construction, we were able to spot those Mm ad-ads. In the steel work. Pretty early on. <laughs> so they're so big that they're not just props that they built in Burbank and brought down here. Right. Like They're like part of the building. Yeah. Like they yeah. might do some changing of the show, but those ad-ats are there to stay. Yeah. But the part that made me excited was how are these blaster shots going to look in real life? Yeah. Are they really going to do those little like flare explosions? Sparks and sparks, yeah. you know. 10,000 times a day, mm-hmm. but I, I I just, I'm so intrigued by this ride. I think that it's going to make a lot of people that have been complaining look really silly, and seeing Kylo Ren's lightsaber pierce through the roof, Yeah, I mean, that's just unbelievable storytelling, and right, to the right. point where I kind of wish they didn't show that to me, because mm-hmm. I could only imagine, and now I told everybody, right? <laughs> I could only imagine the surprise of sitting there looking forward, because the last place you ever look in life is up. Right, right. And that coming down from the top, but I don't know, do you think, do you think that this will live up to the hype? Oh, I hope so. I, I think so. I think this is kind of the ride people wanted, something a little more immersive. Uh, the Falcon is great, but I think it feels like other rides we've done before. I'm hoping that we get things, and it looks like it, that we've never seen before, yeah. either in a Disney ride or a Star Wars attraction. Um, it feels wide open. You know, it's not purposely covered and tight and screens around you and things like that. And I'm sure there's going to be screens as part of this. Yeah. But, um I hope that it is, uh, and I can't say that it would sort of course correct everything that people have been sort of unfairly complaining about with the park, but I think this might be the one thing that delivers what people were kind of wanting or expecting. Their hopes, their ambitions. Right. I just, I'm so puzzled by how it's all going to come together, multiple ride systems. Like They Mm -hmm. truly tried to build an epic adventure. Right. And, And I think that, you know, forget folks like us that have already abused Batu and have been there too many times to count. 
But imagine that you go for the first time, you ride that attraction, and then you get off, and then you're walking around inside of that world. Exactly. That's just where the storytelling goes on and on. Number nine, Castle go. of Magical Dreams. So Disneyland Castles, to me, are a, a fascinating part of the magic. And even though I don't know that I'll ever make it over to Hong Kong Disneyland, I hope that I do, mm-hmm. the fact that they were giving the original Sleeping Beauty castle, like a one-to-one replica of what we right. had in Anaheim, right. they never felt like they had their own castle. So they did this build-out, this refurbishment, mm-hmm. where it pays tribute to something like 13 different princesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not Sleeping Beauties. It's it's not Snow Whites. It's like all of them. Right, exactly. And so it looks like each sort of spire pays tribute to somebody else. And they're talking about that it has a you know real state-of-the-art show on it. And they even said that it has a daytime show. So I'm assuming that's a stage mm-hmm. show out front. But what they've been able to do with the castles... I think is just from a design perspective, you know, when Walt built the Sleeping Beauty Castle, they had no idea that later on in life it would become a giant movie screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is just the evolution of something that was so simple and mundane. Because I remember being a kid and going to Walt Disney World and being like, so that's it with the castle? Exactly. It's a hood ornament? <laughs> and now the castles are becoming more and more alive. So right. this, you know, this is something that excites me. So what part of this excites you, though? So this is a very different sort of approach, I think, to the castles. Now, I, I'm a big fan of Paris's castle, which, uh, it's again, beautiful. Sleeping Beauty, but it feels consistent. And, and they carried the style over even into the, the garden and stuff around it. So this seems more conceptual, like, yeah. like not a specific location or anything. It looks like there's going to be a lot going on and stuff. But how do you feel about our castle is small, but sort of practical. Right. And, and what an amazing entrance into Fantasyland and stuff like that. But now they're getting into like restaurants and shows and it's a stage. And I don't know. Do you feel that that's a that's the wave of the future for this? Well, I think that the people that are making design decisions now are our age Mm -hmm. and they remember going to Walt Disney World for the first time and going this is a hood ornament right 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 and sort of that rejection that you felt as a kid when you realized that this castle wasn't really an intricate part of your magic experience ah I see you just walked through it it wasn't a ride it should have been a ride or a thing or or you know just something that happens there that Mm -hmm. if you could just go up to the top and look out you would you know even if it was just one observation deck like the Statue of Liberty that you get to go up and look out so this design is cumbersome. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that it's perfect, but the idea of, hey, we can go in there and we can give the people of Hong Kong their own castle mm-hmm. and we can really push the limit on it. Like when you look at this compared to what they did in Shanghai, that castle looks like the mall of castles. Yeah. Yes. It's like huge. it's, it's girthy. <laughs> yeah. It has a lot going on up at the top. I think that's what they call it, right? The girthy castle. Yeah. Um, Princess Girth. This one reminds me a little bit more of uh, what we see at the Disney logo uh, at the beginning of the film. Sort of a generic like, right. mix of things in a weird setting that's not a park. It's a town, a village. I don't know. So that has that little bit more of that feel. And I guess that, that kind of makes sense. I'm sure something like this is going to be impressive in person. Yeah. And then all the details start becoming interesting. Thing. As a rendering, it's a beautiful rendering, but I don't quite get the when you're there feeling with it. So The rendering's interesting because it, it lacks a tone. There's there's not anything necessarily that is taking over. You know, when you do right. a design, right. composition is key. And if everything's kind of at the exact same tonal level, mm-hmm. 
there's not that one thing to go. It's all about the accent piece, right. and then everything else right. supports it. It'll be interesting to see when this is actually manufactured and released. Like what part of it is the dominant part? Also, while we're in Hong Kong, they did announce that they're getting the frozen dark ride that mm-hmm. exists in Orlando, but they're also giving them what sounded to be like a new version of Matterhorn, hmm. like a roller coaster in a mountain ride. thing. Right. And, and the whole idea is that uh, that snowman and that elk. <laughs> that mule, whatever it is, they like. So you're a big Frozen fan. Oh, I love it. Okay, I love it. I, I love it at the end when she gets the guy. Right. So they they take you up the mountain and then you sled ride down. Right. So right, I mean right. that's that's how Matterhorn works. Yeah, that is basically from the movie. So uh, oh, it is. I'm assuming that that's what they're doing. I haven't really looked deep into the. I did read about it, but that's a part of the story. So so when Frozen Two drops this November, yes, once a week I'm going to drop a review of it. Yes. But I'm never going to see it. The and best I'm, kind of review. And I'm going to have people tell me when I finally put out an episode that is actually, oh, yeah, that's what happened in the movie. <laughs> Number eight. New Walt Disney statue. You've got to be excited about this. So these are the little things that really excite me. And I'll tell you why I'm so excited about this particular statue of Walt Disney sitting on the stairs that will be put in Epcot. When I was at the University of Maryland, uh, both speaking and doing some print workshops and okay. selling posters, I was there for my art career. Jim Henson went to the University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. And probably my favorite statue I've ever seen in my life, it's a bench with Jim Henson sitting on it and Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. And there's room for you to sit next to him. And the fact that he's just sitting there with Kermit, this thing that doesn't exist but fully exists. Right. It was just such a sweet way of seeing him in the moment. And I love the partner statue. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But the partner statue was like a a monument to greatness. Right. This is such a casual way of, he never got to see it. He never got to sit here and just look at what he did. And this looks like the happiness of a guy who's like, by God, we did it. We pulled it off. Mm -hmm. Everybody Mm -hmm. told me I was crazy, but we did it. As this is just the type of, Sweet thing that if I were in Florida, I would 100% go out of my way to find this and to hang out with it. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to when... So this is going to be a crazy popular photo spot, right? Like, yeah. And it's going to just be mobbed for the first, I don't know how many years. It'll be nice when, sort of like the partner statue. I'm like, I can't tell from this rendering how close you can get. Maybe you can't get as close to it. Sort of the partners, you can't go I feel like they're it. welcoming you to come up and sit next to It looks to like it's sort of, sort of like a California Adventures. How it's, yeah. it's right out there yeah. for you. I'm thinking that that's what this is. So I'm, you're going to always see this with people around it and someone doing terrible things or just, you know, kids and then everyone in line. So it'll be neat to sort of just walk past it, either when the park is closing or something like that yeah. and just see it as it is. Or maybe in the morning, right? Probably bright and early in the morning, getting that morning sun on it. I think that's going to be like touching. I think though... You know, talking artist to artist, mm. there's something about when you capture the quiet. Yeah. You know, an epic statue of a warrior or, a, you know, a Greek god, like that has a place. But what if we just had a casual photo of Walt that we could use for reference where he's just mm-hmm. sitting on a bench and just kind of hanging out? And in this rendering, it literally looks like at any moment he's going to be like, well, I need to get back to work. Right. And hop back up and go Pick do Walt some things. trash and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this, I, I just, this is the type of thing that I love, even though we're, you know, deep in the tunnel of IPs and mm-hmm. we're going to look at a lot of 
attraction technology today, I do love that things like this are still happening. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like almost like becoming Mickey Mouse, right? Well, it's becoming like Mickey Mouse. He's going to be a walk around character pretty soon. <laughs> oh, God, I pray not. But it is interesting, though, that, you know, every people are like, oh, well, everything has to be IP. Everything has to be IP. But the Disney Corporation was always that way. Like, mm-hmm. They used fairy tales. They used American history as IP. And now, in a very interesting way, the corporation has gone so far that their own legend is IP that they can right. use. Exactly. So Walt sitting on those stairs is really no different than a sculpture of Iron Man. Right. <laughs> right. In, exactly. a, in a very interesting way. <laughs> Moving up our countdown. Okay. We have number seven. Magic happens. Daytime parade at Disneyland. <laughs> so this Actually, this is the wrong voice for the show. It should be. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in just 15 minutes, the streets of Main Street will fill with Mickey and his friends as magic happens. Kono estabata. Magic happens. 15 minutes. That's fantastic. Okay. This is the new daytime parade we're getting in Disneyland. Right. I was a big fan of Soundsational. Yep, for sure. I liked it. It was fun. I've probably seen it a hundred times. Yep. I would always, if it was happening and I was near it, I would always just stop and check mm-hmm. out whatever I could. How come, though, before we move on to that? What, what about Sensational? Do you like all the parades or Sensational was unusually well designed or something? Like that? So I didn't realize I was a parade guy. You are a parade guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney will show you a lot of ugly truths about you. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was a parade guy until I started thinking it's a random Wednesday mm-hmm. at 2.45 or maybe again at 4.45 <laughs> and the streets are full and I love the community aspect of Disneyland. Mm. And one of my favorite memories ever of being in the park was Beth and I went to the AP premiere of Paint the Night. Mm-hmm. So there's only pass holders there, right? And we were um, where the flags at in you know in front of the Main Street train station, right? In right. That Town area. Square. Town Square. Yeah. Thank you. So we're there. And the cast members knew everybody was getting restless, so they started interacting with them, mm-hmm. and this side's yet louder. You know, just like, you know, you're just stupid stuff that they do to keep people inactive. Things where a cool guy like me is like, I ain't doing this, I'm too cool for this. But the next thing you know, everybody was kind of getting into it, and you started, like, talking to the people that were next to you. And, you know, there were people that had kids, and were like... Let's do this. Let's move the strollers. Let's put the kids. Like, we were working together as a team Mm -hmm. to get the kids sitting on the curb, to put the strollers behind the adults. So even though we're not in the family equation, we're all working together to, like, do the family photo where it's, like, little ones front, grandma behind them, people that can stand. So we're kind of working together. And I'm giving up my space to get a kid in front of me. And I just love that community aspect. And then that Owl City song starts. (laughs) Yeah. And the next thing you know, I don't know how they do it. But they can somehow put this Disney magic that runs down your cheek. <laughs> Starts leaking out leaking of Leaking out of my eyeballs. Oh, my God. My magic levels get so high that they just, it overflows like a bucket of water. So the, for me, the parade is about the community of it, the spirit of it. And I don't have kids. Don't ever plan on having kids. Mm-hmm. Don't ever want kids. But there is something about being on the other side of the street from kids and seeing them look at the parade float and yeah. really thinking that Cinderella right. or Elsa and Anna, like it... it I get caught up in that moment. Right, right. And so a new parade to me means 
more of that. More people showing up, more celebration. You know, whereas a lot of people are like, when there's a parade or a nighttime show, go crush rides. Go do Space Mountain, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, this is where I'm at. So these renderings that we've uh, been given mm-hmm. really stylized. I'll be interested to see what the actual things yeah. look like. Yeah. Still haven't seen Coco, so that one doesn't make any sense to me. Very good. Uh, my review is Little Boy Finds a Magic Guitar okay. and Unlocks the Day of the Dead to bring back his grandfather. Okay. Wrong, but yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'll give another one next month. <laughs> a little more than that, but yeah. Okay. What if I just did a Disney movie, because re- I don't watch any of the movies. Yes. What if I just did a re- review podcast? Like, you realize the guy's never seen He's any never, of these, yeah. but he does 45-minute reviews of all of them. I believe we call that Galaxy's Edge reviews. Oh, <laughs> touche. Well, I live in Florida, and I haven't been to Anaheim, but I hear it's empty, and it sucks. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this. It looks like they're really dreaming up some, you know, sort of ambitious floats. You know what I mean? The, yeah. The, they're pretty fantasy driven. That's what I liked about Sensational. It felt very cohesive. And I know Kevin and Joey yeah. worked on that thing. And so that thing was designed from beginning to end. They're not sort of just saying like, well, we need to show this princess. So let's do this. And it just kind of meshes together. So. The design of these are, are gorgeous, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see how much of this actually goes into the practical um, thing, or the, the scale of it might be brought down. And they're doing some kind of effects, I think, within the floats, too. So that'll be interesting if they kind of push it. I, I'm curious, does it say how long this thing is, or is it... Because the daytime ones tend to be a little shorter, I think, right? Well, daytime parade's also hard, because the night gives you the cloak of darkness to right. pull off more magic. Right. So Soundsational, you know, it was a middle of the day bright sunlight so they had to do interactive things fun things like the mary poppins float at the very end Mm -hmm. with the guy riding the bike and the old school wood things that would you know gravity you know Mm -hmm. you ever heard of gravity kids and mickey playing drums Mm -hmm. on the opening one and for his birthday they did that wooden pool toy yeah Yeah, it was just fantastic it just had a lot of fun to it and that's where i learned to love the song just mixed into that yeah yeah yeah. i like i started hearing them like god that is such a great song and then i found out that's the song from tangled that's right you loved tangled right what happens what happens in tangled so a chick with really really long hair good doesn't get along with her family (laughs) lets a guy into her world through this long hair and he's just like look your hair is getting all over my stuff right and i don't care because i'm tangled in our love right Perfect. Nailed it. Okay. See, all these floats take me back to the movies. Mm -hmm. Puts me right in the... It's like telling the whole story. Puts me right back in the magic. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I always love a parade. I didn't know this about me. Weird. But I really love it. Still will say that Paint the Night the Parade is the best one that I've ever seen. Really? I love Paint the Night. Did you like Main Street Electrical Parade or does that feel too retro, old-fashioned for you? So that's my memory as a child. Right. Is seeing that in Orlando... In the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so when I got to see it again, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But I like the tech of Paint the Night. Yeah. And also, my dad was a truck driver. And so when the car's big rig oh, yeah, yeah, comes yeah. in, it just, that just gets to me. You know, like right. seeing a big truck drive down Main Street and yeah. all the kids waving. And Paint the Night looks really good in DCA as well when it had its home uh-huh. over there for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Going through Hollywood land, that was a very good fit. 
it's just so bright too. Like I think that's yeah. like the difference. Like yeah, it looks fantastic. And that last scene where Mickey's yeah. in that magical Swirling, orb, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. Could you just imagine that eventually they don't use that? And some guys like, do you guys mind if I just take this home and put it in my backyard next <laughs> to the pool? <laughs> <laughs> It's got to go somewhere, right? I mean, I'll bring it back if you guys bring the parade back, as you always do. Hey, friends, today's episode is made possible by our friends over at SinPro Online from Pitney Boats, a fantastic service designed to save you both time and money, which really is the core of making a profitable and successful business. Just imagine never being held down by shipping again. No more in the middle of creative workflow having to look at the clock and say, I've got to get to the post office because it's closing in the next 20 minutes, only to get there and find a long line with somebody at the front of it that is an adult that seems to have never shipped anything before and is completely unaware of the rules that seem to always be changing. SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes is simple. Just click send and save for as low as $4.99 per month, where you can send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you are back to business in no time. When you log in and look at all comparable shipping rates, you know with confidence that you're paying the most efficient amount of money for your shipping, and you also know that it's not going to take you any time to print the label from your desk and sit it on your front porch. And as promised, with using SinPro online from Pitney Bowes for just $4.99 a month, you just save both time and money. Go to pb.com design to access the special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to help you get started. That's pb.com slash design. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SimPro Online from our friends at Pitney Bowes. Number six, Disney Genie. So Disney Genie is very interesting. Okay. This is getting into where I love when things that I love touch. Okay. 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 Like when you're a big fan of Star Wars. Right. And then they say, guess what? We bought Star Wars. Okay, I love Disney and I love Star Wars. Yesterday, a lot of people gave D23 and Disney a lot of flack. Mm -hmm. But I own a Bull Terrier. Mm -hmm. I love the Bull Terrier. It is the superior dog. Sorry, Uncle Larry. (laughs) And when I saw Bullseye from Target walk across the stage, I go... The Disney Corporation gets me. I'm a Bull Terrier guy. The only celebrity they had on stage was Bullseye from Target. Like, that's just branding on top of branding for me. So they did photo ops with him. And I, and I went over there and I saw it. And there's a bit of a line. I had to hurry to, to get out of there and stuff like that. But I, I know a guy that's working for Target. And he's like, well, we can get you up there if you want. Oh but God. I feel so bad, like... Oh, excuse me, guys. I know you've been waiting in line for an hour, but Dude, I'm just going to scoop. So I, I didn't do it. your throat for that. Photo. But I regret it. Like, I totally regret it. He was there. So cute, too. But you know what? If that's your D23 regret. Yeah. <laughs> for the weekend that you had, if there that's the go. one thing that you regret, not getting the not bullseye back, right. you had a pretty good weekend. <laughs> so Jeannie puts two things that I love in the same world. Okay. They touch. This is taking Black Mirror to Disneyland. And I love the Netflix series Black Mirror. I think that's how they're promoting this, right? That's Black Mirror. Goes to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) What a promotion. People thought it was bad when they worked with McDonald's. (laughs) But this is a very interesting. This is taking the algorithm. Yeah. Because we live in a world now where your reality is based on your preferences. And, you know, when you look at the political climate of America in 2019... There's people that think two different realities are happening. Right. And reality is really now eye of the beholder. So Disney Genie is once again servicing up to people, hey, you like this? Maybe you'll like more of this. And what they're doing 
is they're taking the the thought process mm. out of the park. Okay. I love making decisions. I love being in charge. I love if people are like, look, I want to go to Disneyland with you. Just I want you to take over the day. Right. Because I always yeah. talk to people when family comes in from out of town on the car ride there. I go, what do you want today? You want me to just walk along and tell you things as we pass it? Or do you want me to curate the day? And every time in front of my wife, they go, we want you to be in charge. I go, did you hear that, Beth? Yeah. So when I say we're going to go do this, you don't go, did you ask them if they want to do it? Because they gave me, what is that, power of attorney? <laughs> That's like your mom. I love that. Just some overactive kid. Like, ah, Mark, Mark, we <laughs> talked about this. Yeah. It's their day, remember. But if you give me your day, I'll give you the best day back. <laughs> so Disney Genie is like breaking an app. And I think that it's interesting that you can say that we want to have an adventure day or a fantasy day. And then what they're doing really here is they're using technology to do crowd flow. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, hey, we don't have a lot of people over at Pirates. So people that are on our adventure pass, we can send them over Pirates. Now, Pirates just went up to 25 minutes. That took a little bit of weight off of Big Thunder Mountain. So now we're going to start sending adventure people over to Big Thunder Mountain. Like, it's really a very smart way for them to direct traffic. So I didn't do my homework here. I, I, I read this very quickly, very briefly. But um, so what? Is oh, the, you were so busy this I'm weekend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what, is the, what is the gimmick of this? And that it plans your day for you and thus gives you access to these things at these selected times? Perfect point. So okay. D, what? What Genie does is you can now go to one of their their parks yeah. when this app drops. And you can say, we want to have a princess day. You mm-hmm. know, Maybe you're a dad and you're taking your daughter because it's your weekend. And you want to do a princess day, but you don't know anything about princesses. You don't watch all the princess right. movies like right. I do. Yeah, right. Let me tell you about what happens in Frozen. <laughs> I got a sneak trailer. <laughs> so you can go there and you can say princess day. And it will literally give you... An itinerary of first thing you want to do is go to Sleeping Beauty and do the walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Then you want to go over to because like a lot of people don't know that they do the Princess Meet and Greet right next to the, the the play theater there. Right, right, right. So it basically manages your day, and by using GPS, it can also give you things like, hey, you're on a fantasy or parade day or a Princess Day. Right. Snow White has a ten minute wait, and mm. you're right by it. Right. So it basically is guiding you. You huh. can also on the fly, just be like, we don't want to do this anymore. And it'll say, well, you're here. This is where you can go. And for someone that maybe goes often, it can start to learn your patterns, learn the things that you're into and make suggestions like, you know, you like thrill rides, but you've never done uh, Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe you should go in there and spin around for a while. Are, are they selling this as for, for mostly for people who don't do it? Lock, you know, who don't know the parks as well as a lot of these hardcore Disney fans, or is it supposed to be more convenient so that even if we were going to the park, we can say, look, these are the things we need to do today or whatever. And then it sort of gives you fast passes, basically, or, or is it more... It can help you manage your fast passes Yeah, as well. that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. It can tell you, like, hey, you're doing this kind of day. If you want to do this, fast pass is available. And you can okay. just click the button and then it goes in and... and it's really to give people another level of customer service Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people with Disney and you've seen this when out of town folks come and I really feel bad for out of town folks is that you know this summer it's $150 a person right if you're not in the club and that's a lot of money yep and people want to get the most for their kids and so I think that what they're trying to do is take the stress out of the day so you can just focus on having a good time do you think this is going to be again I didn't do my homework is it going to be a separate line is this like 
Disney Genie line because they have it in their schedule so they go right on or is it just you go up at this no like everybody I, else kind of thing? I think it'll just it'll it, it's more about traffic flow mm. and if you get a fast pass from the the Disney Genie app it it's just the same as the regular fast pass okay I don't think that they have the infrastructure to add any more new like yeah or, or if you just go in the fast pass line or something like that. it just seems like they're going to schedule you out so you know what you're going to get to do yeah. months before you yeah. go. Um, so you won't be like, oh, we went here and we didn't get to go on this thing we wanted to do. And um, so, yeah, I'm wondering how they keep you on schedule, you know, because like one wrong move. I don't know. I don't know what the Oh, I mean, the that's the thing about Disneyland is. is things go wrong. But it seems to me from what I know, and they went over this pretty briefly, Disney Genie app will... Let's say that uh, you go to do Radiator Springs. Right. You know, you're going for an adventure day. And it just takes longer than what you thought to get through the queue because you're not doing single riders or doing a right, family. Right, 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 I think at the end of that, it would say, okay, we're now at 11.45. Recalculating. You can't make that. It'll just be like, you know, Guardians mm. Fast Passes just opened up. Do you want to do that? And you click that and it would then give you Fast Passes. And so it's really just to sort of help people take the decision making out of a day. Uh, to maximize their efficiency. And, you know, everybody who's been a hundred times like we have, you just see that family that has the map and they're struggling. And, you know, yeah. I don't ever bother people at Disneyland, but I so badly want to be like, hey, what are you folks looking yeah, for? Yeah. Or they, I, can, I right. can get you there in two seconds. Or they don't understand that this is an attraction, this is a ride, this right. is just a thing. Yeah, I think that's that's great. But that's just me being a citizen of Disneyland, even that's though I don't right. have the pen. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard about that. Number Five, Mickey's Runaway Railway. Mm. This is an attraction that I'm really excited for. Me too. I like that Mickey's finally getting his own ride. This is an interesting use of old technology with very, very modern, sophisticated technology. Mm -hmm. It will be somewhere between, you know, an old blacklight dark ride right. mixed with the new video screen technology. We really kind of don't know everything about it. At D23 this weekend, they released the ride vehicle, mm -hmm. which looks really cute. Um, everybody believes that this is going to be a, wire, a Bluetooth. Mm. Trackless. Trackless. Yeah. Which would then give the possibility of train cars breaking away from each other, right, dancing right. and coming back together. But this is one that I cannot wait to see how it's going to play out. I will try my hardest to not watch ride-through videos when it opens in Orlando, and I'll wait patiently for 2022, I believe, when mm -hmm. we get it here in Toontown. But they showed us the front facade of it, and um, I think that'll give Toontown a little bit more action that it needs, bring it to life a little bit more. In only a positive way, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. Oh, poor Toontown. Just stop. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about this. So this is the one here, this marquee that we're seeing here. That's the California one. I know it's taking over the Chinese theater facade in, yeah. in Florida. This is adorable. I love the way that this thing looks um, and matched to that Toontown style. Yeah. And did they say specifically where it's going? We were assuming it's that gag factory. The corner. gag factory has been what's assumed, but... Nothing. I don't know. You know, Toontown is one of those interesting things like Tomorrowland. Easy. Where more things are kind of forgotten. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like you could see there was a good plan there, but somewhere along the way, people just abandoned the plan. Like mm. the trolley doesn't run. Yeah. 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 Some of those like restaurants don't 
operate anymore. Right. Um, there's like a show stage that I've never seen a show on. You know, it just it's kind of just fizzled down a little bit. So I think bringing a fresh coat of paint and a new attraction there will get things going. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious about how long uh, Roger Rabbit stays around. I know for. you keep coming back to this. You loved Roger Rabbit. I could give you a review about. Oh, it. okay. What happens? Uh, Roger Rabbit is a friend of a detective. This is from the vaults. And uh, still haven't seen it. And uh, they go through this cartoon world to solve a mystery. And then there's a a redheaded lady that um, is very voluptuous. Right. And um, she steals the heart of the detective. And only Roger sees the true mystery unfold. Right. Yeah, that's why it's a classic. Yeah, and I really get that from the ride when I'm spinning inside of it. <laughs> that's a Disneyland attraction that I have rode exactly once. There you go. <laughs> that's plenty. I will say this is the thing I am probably the most excited about over anything. I will take 10,000 dark rides over a roller coaster any day. So I, I can't wait for this. This is our world though, right? Like mm-hmm. This is the part of Disneyland that we love the most. And they're taking it and adding in another level of technology. Yeah. Where a room, for those of you that haven't seen the the demos, imagine going into a room where it all looks like, you know, it's cut out of paper. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so you're in this sort of vignette of all these things cut out of paper. And then instantly, those paper cutouts can transform, fold, spin around, bend, buckle, and with state-of-the-art projection equipment, right. whatever was just on all of that is now different. So the projection's different, but also the physical room has taken a different shape. Mm-hmm. So it's a transformation that happens in front of you while you're riding around in a train that Goofy's driving. So what could go wrong? There you go. <laughs> There's nothing that could go wrong when Goofy's at the all wheel. All set. But this is, I'm I'm excited. I Do you enjoy this new illustrated style of Mickey Mouse? I do. Um, and, and because it's been so well received here, I think that that has helped a lot. So anything that kind of keeps him... And they're funny. They're very funny yeah, shorts. Yeah, those are great shorts. Great energy and very fast-paced. And uh, they're doing some things that they don't normally do with these characters. Usually they're held pretty, you know, tightly of what they can do. So it's a little more irreverent, which is kind of more of an original Mickey thing. So I do, I do like... And the fact that it is very stylized. I love that they also, in the background and the sets, yep. they work a lot of Disneyland yes. in there. Yeah. Without saying it, you're like, oh, that's Big Thunder Mountain. Right. Just right. kind of work it in there. But no, I, I just think that this is the type of stuff that I love to see them do, where it's like, let's invent technology mm-hmm. to make an attraction. Right. And to me, that that's always just an exciting thing. So I'm excited to see that this is coming to Disneyland. And this is the biggest announcement we got for Disneyland. It is huh? proper. Yeah. You know? I mean, we have a DCA thing coming up, but that was the biggest announcement that we got. So let's move up our list to number four, going back to Florida with space 220. Interesting. 220 is the amount of miles that we are up in the sky hmm. when we eat at this new space restaurant that will be a part of Epcot. So the idea is this, you go to a restaurant that has no windows that looks to the outside world. Mm-hmm. Everything around you is ginormous projection boards. And the the feeling is that you are in space when you're in this restaurant. Right. To give people this next level of experience and, and adventure. What's very interesting about this restaurant is the new landscape of Epcot will have a very, very tall antenna looking yeah structure in it right right this is my idea of how this works here we go we get 
a reservation at Space 220. Mm-hmm. We wait in line because it's always a line. And then we get on our quote-unquote rocket ship, which I believe is going to take off so insanely fast going up. Because hmm. if it goes elevator speed, that doesn't feel like you're going to space. <laughs> so I feel like they're going to probably give you a nice little jolt to get you pretty high up in the uh, horizon of Epcot. But then how do they bring it back down without you making without making you feel like you're on an elevator? Yeah. My favorite thing about space is when they're docking ships together, right? Yeah. That sort of like effortless but tech landing of right, how you right, navigate. Right. Like I could watch the scenes over and over again in Star Wars when the ship, little ship goes in big ship. Yeah, yeah. I love little ship and big ship. <laughs> so I feel like with this, you go up to the top. But then when you're up there, you can kind of see Earth from below and then that slow bring you down, which will probably be faster than what it feels, mm-hmm. is like you're meticulously getting little ship and big ship right, right. and getting into the actual restaurant. <laughs> so I think that's how that tech's going to work. Then when you're there, I wonder, does the restaurant actually rotate and move so that Ooh. you feel like you're in orbit? Oof. But this is an interesting idea of can we really make people feel like they're in space? Yeah, 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 yeah. You go to Orlando often mm-hmm. for doing signings. You work at Epcot at least once a year. <laughs> yep. Is this something that you're like, I have to do it? If I get a hookup, I'll do it. I'll wait in line for it. Like, give me your excitement level on this because I'm oh, ready to book a flight. Always a hookup. Uh, but <laughs> I, <laughs> so this is interesting. What I like about this is that there's no apparent IP. I'm assuming yes. that that's the case, that that won't change. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it's going to be, welcome to Wally's Diner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I am thrilled about that. And it makes sense for that park, that part of the park and what they're doing. The concept is fantastic. It could have been easily used for something at Star Wars Land, right? The same kind of spaceport you're in somewhere else. So I'm curious to see how they do it. So from that standpoint, like more so than eating there or anything like that, I just want to see what this thing feels like. And like, Oh, the food is going to be horrible. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So like you said, how they tell the story, how you get up, how you go down, what you're supposed to be and and, and all that stuff. But, um, uh, it's hard because Florida lines can get really bad. Like even worse than here, I think in a lot of cases for so much stuff like that Pandora stuff is still hours of waiting. So, uh, for something like this, I would either hope for a hookup to go early or really have to plan ahead so that it's like the minimal kind of way. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of reservation system. Disney Genie told me that it's Disney open Genie right now. Said, yep, go now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure they're thinking certainly of that because it's going to be crowded. So I, I'm i like you. I love that it's IP-less mm-hmm. and it's just Disney doing Disney. Right. Hey, Disney, you do you. I do I like that aspect of it. Yeah. But I do want to bring up an interesting thing about this restaurant attraction is this was also announced two years ago at d23 right right so this was an announcement in 17 two years have passed and all we got was more concept art right so this is either not on the top priorities or a lot more work than what they thought it was going to be right. but also the same thing with disney's runaway uh railway right yeah you know that was something that got announced and we still don't have a lot of details on mm-hmm. it So this kind of brings to a a point of today's episode that I wanted to dwell on a little bit is we're seeing a lot of rides that are focused on technology. Hmm. I understand that, you know, Disneyland is about keeping all ages happy and, you know, 
children now operate iPads mm-hmm. before anything else. Right. I don't think any kid is pushing that thing around that makes popcorn. Right. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? That, the little popping balls yeah. in the plastic in the bubble. bubble. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think any kid's doing that. And they're for sure not pulling that dog's like tail wag. <laughs> so my question though is, is that 50 years from now, is Disneyland just going to be this land of like all tech? Mm. You know, boards and digital projections. Like it, it's going very, very tech, and it's also making things seemingly take a lot longer. I think it's going to always be a mix, and in fact, I think eventually what happens is like this new technology comes out. It's all brand new and shiny, and it's it's either clunky or big or or difficult to use. So that sort of dictates how it plays out in the right. park, and then everything eventually gets smaller and easier, and all we can do these things so so simply. I still think something like animatronics hasn't come. I mean, it's come hugely far, but we're still using them in the very same way that we use pirates. Right? right. That hasn't changed too much. So I think if anything, it's going to improve some of these technology but i hope we don't go sort of universal studios and everything is a 3d screen uh, in your face kind of thing hey friends today's episode of disneyland for designers is brought possible by our friends over at skillshare.com and if you're anything like me one of the things you enjoy most about disney and disneyland is how it feeds your imagination and inspires you to pursue your own personal creativity Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for folks just like you and I, creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people all around the globe. So if you're looking to sharpen up your design skills or your illustration skills, they have thousands of classes that get very specific on the type of art or type of design that you're looking to put into your professional life. So if looking at all of this new Disney Parks concept art has got you revved up to do some landscape illustration, you can find those classes and many more at Skillshare.com slash adventures. So if looking at all the new Epcot art has you excited about the future, create a sci-fi landscape illustration using pen and ink is a class that you can take. Coming in at one hour and 42 minutes, taught by Oliver Brown, it's going to get you on the path to figure out how to make your art look like the art that's inspiring you. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job or figuring out your next side project or pursuing a long-time passion, Skillshare has classes for folks just like you. And here's what's important about Skillshare. You should always be sharpening your skills. You should always be learning new things. So when the world throws you something that inspires you, don't just sit on the sidelines. Put yourself into the game and learn how to make what inspires you. What I love about Skillshare is I sit here at this desk on my lunch break and watch new classes about things that I'm curious about that I want to be able to add to my list of professional talents. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Adventures in Design listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for absolutely free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com adventures. Again, go to Skillshare.com adventures to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com adventures. Number three, Avengers Campus. This is all you here. So <laughs> I looked at you know this. What? I walked to the pavilion. Yeah. I walked to the pavilion, which is great. It's a beautiful pavilion there and very interactive and lots of stuff to see. And it's all the models and everything. Um, I didn't watch the panel, so I don't know exactly what the big things are. Um, but I will let you go. Everything looked beautiful, though. Let me ask you about modeling real quick. Mm. Two years ago, we were given the Galaxy's Edge model. Right. Which was so intricate and detailed. This year with the Epcot model, it was way more artistic than mm-hmm. it was realistic. 
And every blogger was like, just so you guys know, this is an artistic rendering right. of what's going to happen. Because they didn't want people to think, like, you, they're going to build a giant flower, right, right, which right. was the shape of it. And then with the Marvel models, they were acrylic, transparent, blue models. Right, right. The modeling team, mm-hmm. did they get lazy on us or did they get, hey, we're going to go for a vibe? Mm. Like It was very interesting how the modeling this year, because I love miniatures. I right. love models. Yep. If I had the proper house, I would for sure be a trained guy. <laughs> but the modeling this year was very interesting, totally very different than what we got two years ago. Yeah, I did. I did notice that. I'm wondering if it's just that a lot of the details aren't. You know what I mean? Figured out, and they'd rather not sort of fake it out, but like, let's just go with this slick kind of look. I mean, what they uh, gave us for Galaxy's Edge, they're basically like, that is scanned and it's being built. So I got to see that thing close up. That's amazing. I had to go I to have it in my basement. Imagineering for a meeting and to, to walk close to that thing and sort of really get around it because you're kind of kept at a distance from the sheer size of that thing so that was amazing to see that thing in person so yeah very different than what we saw with with marvel but it fit the the tone <laughs> cheap so <laughs> here's my thoughts what we were told is this is we got to see some inside comp art of the spider-man attraction which the storyline is that you know they're testing this technology these little, little mechanical spiders right Oh no, they're out of control. They're everywhere, and you have to help Spidey like get them. I really hope that the tech for this ride is state of the art and groundbreaking because mm-hmm. it is a very small footprint. Yeah, the turns are tight. They're they really squeeze a lot in. What's interesting about this attraction, and forgive me if this has happened before, but first time I can remember, you're in a ride system that has a sheet of glass on the front. Mm-hmm. That sheet of glass is probably going to be pretty intricate in the way that the projection systems work. Right, right. But this is somewhere, they'd say there are going to be some animatronics. So, you know, Toy Story Midway Mania Mm. with a different IP, with a different sort of technology. I'm going to say this one, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm skeptical. Mm. Because it feels like a tight footprint for something to be grandiose. The next thing we got to see is the comp art for the... Um, test Kitchen, the PYM Test Kitchen, which is from the Ant-Man world. Mm-hmm. To me, this once again negates the reason for a Tomorrowland because this looks like a Tomorrowland building. Mm-hmm. It has that same sort of curved edges. You know, this is kind of sci-fi, kind of spacey. Yeah. Um, I'm not overly blown away with the design of this restaurant. We have uh, Doctor Strange meet and greet show area. What was interesting when looking at the big comp art is you see this courtyard where they hang out, but there was looked to be that you go into an actual seated area oh, to see the show. I see. Because looking at you know this beautiful pavilion was he's going to perform a show for like six guys that walk up. Yeah. Like, hey, which one of these coconuts is the red ball underneath? Right, right, right. right. Like a little guy on a card table till the cops come. So I believe there's something that goes back there. And then the big thing that that really shocked a lot of us that we didn't see coming was there's this platform that we're going to get that has a Quinjet parked on top. Mm-hmm. And I nobody really knows what's going to happen in there in Marvel Phase 1. But Bob did say that in Phase 2, and then they just made this big box appear behind it, mm-hmm. that we'll actually get to fly on a Quinjet. Right. And right. and go back there and go in the middle of an Avengers uh, adventure. 
to me, this gets into the interesting moment of, so what is this attraction? Is it going to be Star Tours? Mm. Is it going to be Smuggler's Run? Like, what is the tech on right. this? Because they showed people sitting in what, to me, the, the footage I saw, everybody kept saying, oh, this is Smuggler's Run, Smuggler's Run. To me, it looked a lot more like um, Star Tours. Because one of the things they promise is that you're going to get to fly to Wakanda, yeah. which is where Black Panther's from, and kind of go into that really beautiful world that they created for that IP. So... The Avengers land. I watch all those movies. I do watch. I can give you real reviews. I can give you. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. please, <laughs> please, Jared, tell us about I'll prep, Endgame. I'll prep my yeah, my Endgame <laughs> review. So. That'll be our podcast. There I'll review go. Disney movies and you review. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It, it. I hope, and I know this isn't the case, right? Because they are building that really ambitious. Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster mm-hmm. over in Epcot, right? Where you're riding around on a cart that has the ability to spin around, not by gravity, but controlled by Imagineers. Ugh. So you can be going around a turn while your cart is turning with a video board that's wrapped right, around you. Right. So they still are building roller coasters, but I'm just, I don't, I worry about everything being a simulation. Mm-hmm. I really worry about that a lot. Yeah. And the Avengers. And the Marvel Universe, people really love it. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming a multi-generational experience. To kids today, that is their Star Wars. Right. I think there's a bigger right. allegiance. It's worth more money than Star Wars. And I just, I feel like they have this massive IP, this real gift, a, a golden goose that keeps laying perfect golden eggs. Mm-hmm. And forcing it in this weird pizza slice of land and making it work, only time will tell if this elevates the brand or if it's looked back on, you know, they should have did a Galaxy's Edge and just bulldoze half of DCA. I, I suppose that could still come, right? I mean, Hollywood land could be... It's rough. ...on the chopping block. Yeah, yeah. There's it's not a lot maybe, happening over there. It's just maybe strategic or timing or, or things like that. But um, I don't know. It's... um. They're doing this on, is it all the parks? Or it's like these campuses are spread out, right, throughout. Yeah, and they all connect to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because it's like the storyline, which is a really great storyline, is that the Avengers are putting together these recruitment centers. And they're looking for new people to become heroes. Mm -hmm. And so they showed a map and they showed, you know, there's a California location. Right. There's a location in Paris. You know, there's locations in Asia. Right. I don't know what Orlando's going to get because there's so much red tape on you know right the universal right, right, right. agreement yeah, they can't do a whole lot right but so i like that idea of it and i love avengers being in the park i'm just worried about bugs land was not a lot of land right and i'm really worried about how do i say this fitting five pounds of shit in a two pound bag <laughs> Can I say that? I guess you did. I did say it. Yeah. It's on record. I but they're it. pushing back too, though, right? They're going into that lot yes. that's behind it. Yes. So that opens quite a bit of space up, actually, if they use that whole area that's back there. But still, I, I see what you mean. This, the, the rendering looks huge. It does. Yeah. And it's not a huge parcel of land. Right. Like, right. I know I go and ride the Mickey and Friends or the Pixar Pal around and stare down on it from up high right, and, right, for my right. construction series. And I'm obsessed with watching this thing get built. Because it's such a tight piece of land, Mm -hmm. which could be cool when you're trying to create urban environments like New York City, where it's supposed to all be stacked. But I don't know. I I just, um, you know, if Guardians 
Forgive me, people. Guardians I enjoy, but I don't think that it's great. The films. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the the attraction. Oh, okay. Mission Breakout. Okay. Mission Breakout, okay. I enjoy it. I don't, it's not a must for me. If you're in from out of town, I'll be like, I mean, if you really like Guardians, let's go do it. Or if the line's not long, let's go do it. But I wouldn't be like, this is something I got to get you on. Yeah. Like if I'm taking somebody from out of town and we've only got an hour in DC, I'm like, you got to ride Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. Guardians can wait. And my review of Radiator Springs is cars become people and they take over the world. Yes. So I, I if I look at Marvel Land as proposed... Very tiny mm-hmm. Midway Mania Spider-Man attraction, which, by the way, that ride's going to be mobbed always yep. because people love Spider-Man and people love video games. And, yeah, interacting like that, yeah. So it, it's going to be popular. I just don't know if it's for me. Uh, a show you can really only watch one time, and then there's not a lot of return customer. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really dependent on this Avengers ride. Right. This is the thing that applies most to me. This is the rise of the resistance of this land. Right, exactly. Where my heart's going to be. I've still only rode Smuggler's Run once. Really? Yeah. Okay. Even though I've probably been to Galaxy's Edge more than anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, last night, we shut down the Katina. Fantastic. I had was no a, idea they did a whole process and yeah. everything like that. That was great. There's a whole light show at the end and... DJ Rex does some stuff. What I didn't know was that they even would let us in. So we went in very close to closing. I'd yeah. say the last 30 minutes, maybe. And they just started rushing people in and yeah. saying, only the bar, get your drinks, be aggressive, but be polite. And here's the thing uh, uh, that was interesting about that. If if you go to Galaxy's Edge at the end of the night, they go, go in, only the bar. Go to the bar, order your drink, be patient, because every booth opened up. Yes. Yeah. We could have had our own booth. We could have had our own cubby hole. Yeah. But anyways, you know, I'm... I'm just, I, this Marvel land, I'm torn because I want it to be great. And I love the problem solving of Imagineering and yeah. designing. I yeah. love the problem solving of DCA. Like it's a finite piece of land mm-hmm. and we're trying to put a lot of ideas in there. I'm just, if they can pull it off, it's going to be really impressive because they're, the Imagineers are going in with their hands tied behind their back. Yeah, for sure. This for is, sure. but that's kind of when they work their best, I think. It can be. Uh, yeah, yeah, it I can. Think, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see it all come together. And, you know, that's, that's something I'm excited to watch, but it was not my number one. Two more things rank above it. Okay. Number two, Star Wars Hotel. Very good. Now this, this is bonkers. <laughs> you know how people say that's next level? Yeah. This is next level. This is. And, uh, yeah, I, I am... I love Star Wars. Huge Star Wars fan, obviously. Uh, I've been great with everything that's come out. I don't know if I would do this or not. I, I want to hear the reviews. I want to hear more about these you're not it. You're not going to do it first? I don't think so. I don't think so. The, so You don't like, have three grand burning a hole in your pocket? <laughs> well, of course. But... Like for this, like I was reading through it and they're like, and you'll interact in a new ways with cast members and stories and other guests. And right there, I'm like, oh, yes. How, like how? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, so that makes me nervous. Like just for me, I know some people that's thrilling for them. For me personally, it makes me a little anxious until I know what that what that phrase means. What we learned yeah. is that the new Star Wars Hotel is the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, right. Star Cruiser. And you will be aboard this ship. So you will pull up on our planet. Looks like a regular hotel Mm check-in. Once again, there is a ride system that takes you to space. Yeah. And it takes you aboard the Holocron or Holocyan? Halcyon. 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 Yes. Meruyama. We'll stick with Halcyon. Halcyon. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so on the Halcyon, this is the way they broke it down. The woman that gave the panel was probably the best speaker of the entire panel. Oh. She, she she was wasn't overly reading, right? Had a good delivery, and I was able to really follow along what she was saying. So this is how I'm I'm looking at it. On day one, so it's a required two and a half day stays. Amazing. So it's like a cruise. Yep. Once you're on the Halcyon, you cannot see out. So you you go to a regular Earth check-in. You take a vehicle to outer space. Now you're in your Star Wars story for two and a half days. Like any hotel, you probably check in at noon or four o'clock. And so your first day is like kind of a half day. Right. My expectations is half day is let's give you a tour. Let's see how all this works. And when you're there, you are giving Star Wars attire to wear. Yeah. And you are assigned a role. Mm-hmm. So I think that that half day is this is how it works. Setting it all. up. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think on the only full day that you have there. Day number two, where you're going to wake up and go to bed in the Star Wars galaxy. Mm-hmm. I believe in that day, hijinks will ensue. And everything that you learned on day one is now up to the guests to fly the ship, figure out the mystery, and to basically save the day. As Kylo Ren shows up with stormtroopers and there's some sort of drama that happens. Yeah, yeah. Now, at some point, I sent you a second link. Yeah. At some point. You will take a star cruiser mm-hmm. transport ship, right? Which is really a bus. <laughs> it's so great. That's so great. I love that. Where right. you're in? The, imagine being in the middle of a city bus, where none of your your windows look out. Your windows are video boards, and you're in the spaceship, the helicon, and you go through doors, yeah, right? Into the bus, closes. You then are drove to Batu, opens up now you're on Batu. yeah which means that the florida Batu will have two nights a week that it closes early or this happens really late at night mm. because they cannot have us in our star wars attire going through Batu, waiting in line being around normal folk because that breaks the storyline apart hmm that's because, a private Batu. hmm interesting you think so so couldn't that be their walk around atmosphere, people? Just these hotel guests that are in what? these Star people Wars. and rascals, sticky kids. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to be in their Star Wars attire. Their their costumes. Oh, so now we're, we're entertaining the other we people. Are not, yeah, and people paid... are asking like, "What are you doing? Where are the bathrooms?" My vibe is this: that when you go to that, so imagine that the Galaxy's Edge in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, Tuesday night and then Friday night or whatever, or Tuesdays and Thursdays, Mondays and Thursdays. That it just it closes at nine o'clock. Oh, their parks close very early over there. They don't. Oh, go so late there you like go. This us. works so, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't go hard like us. Yeah. So my idea though is that when we actually go to Batu, it's like, hey, to get our spaceship back to Earth, right? We need to go to this planet mm-hmm. and get this crystal or or right. get fuel cells or whatever it is. So I believe that that will take you in there, give you a whole other level of interaction. Then you will go back to your spaceship, mm-hmm. probably get solved in day one. The next day you have a breakfast, talk about your memories, and then you check out. That's my idea of how it works. So the the the, the thrust of it is that you're going to Galaxy's Edge? 
this is just a nice way to do Galaxy's Edge, or is there more, like you said, hijinks on the ship? Can There's you, lots like, of hijinks on the ship. Can you stay on the ship? Can you say, oh, I don't want to go to Galaxy's Edge. I just want to be on the ship. I'm or... sure you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I was, that's why I was wondering, with the storytelling and the way it's playing out, is this thing going to be highly scheduled? Like, one you of know? the things that you can do that's interactive is you can do um, Jedi training. Right. right where, right. you know, you have your lightsaber and it's shooting those beams that Luke mm-hmm. had to, in New Hope, you know, right, when Obi-Wan right. was the teaching little... him in the back of the fountain. Right. You don't get to wear that helmet, though. Hmm. But here's the thing. It is for sure... A LARPing experience. Yeah. You're stepping into a Star Wars story, and it says that you make decisions, and then it it all goes together. I have a couple of thoughts. If they did it, I okay, so they say that it's going to be about $3,000 for a one-room cabin. Right. And then I believe that the five-person cabin is... Seven thousand dollars or eight thousand, something like that. It ends up being about fifteen hundred dollars a night. Right, right. This is, and I think that price point is fine. I'm not going to complain about that because it looks like they're giving you a lot of experience, a lot of attention, and a lot of detail. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're basically living out your own Star Wars fantasy, and things can happen. For me personally, to spend that kind of money, I would have to say, when's the next adults only cruise? Because I think that children, yes, even though this is probably meant for kids, yes, children would bottleneck the experience. And I don't want to wait for Tabitha to decide which stormtrooper is the bad one. When I'm like, hey, Tabitha, spent three grand. I need you to pick a stormtrooper. I need you to do it fast because I don't have kids and I don't have patience. I hate Tabitha. <laughs> she ruins a lot in our Star Wars she fantasy. Does. Could you imagine you and I on the way home be like, you know, it was going so well. And then Tabitha Ugh. blew it for the whole damn Tabitha. So that would be intriguing to me if they did adults only. Hmm. And this is, you want to hear my Star Wars fantasy? Okay. Oof. I'm actually curious about going and going by myself. Creepy. Totally creepy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I thought if I went by myself and I got into this wardrobe, <laughs> nobody can judge me. <laughs> and I could just emotionally commit to it. Oh, oh, I see. I see. So, so you don't have buddies that are like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, look you're at really, Bricky. You're really doing this, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> look at Bricky and his Obi-Wan Kenobi beard. So you don't want to be self-conscious about how, how nerdy it's going to be. Yeah, I don't want you laughing you. at me. Right, exactly, exactly. Hey, friends, Jack Prince not only has the best customer service, the best pricing, best stickers, best custom notebooks, best direct garment options, best deals on shipping, but they also have the best podcast any printing company ever had adventures in design next time you need printing next time your client needs printing don't forget jack prince brings you shop talk dkng show interviews with me mark bricky comment below season of the snake disneyland for designers brand practice with lincoln design co and hammer time what other printing company on earth has entertained you for over 1000 hours jackprince.com slash circle of trust Jack Prince, your best friend in printing and podcasting. Thank you to Jack Prince for supporting Adventures in Design for 1,000 episodes. Thank you very much. Couldn't do it without jackprince.com slash circle of trust. So my thought process is go by myself and fully commit. And go there with the intention that I'm going to go there and I'm going to commit to being the worst villain ever. (laughs) I'm going to go there and try to ruin everybody's Star Wars experience 
by being oh my like, God. my goal is to make Kylo Ren so mad that he throws his helmet against the wall. You are Tabitha. I am the Tabitha <laughs> in my Star Wars story. So, Lord, so Sith Tabitha goes out there. But no, seriously, if I went there and got involved and tried to play bad, you know, when there's decisions to make, well, this is what a bad guy would right, play right, bad, right, play right. bad, play bad, and live that experience <laughs> and then come home and tell my experience on the podcast right. as a radio play <laughs> as this is my Star Wars story. <laughs> it happened August 28th and August 29th. And tell my story of I was loaded into the cabin immediately yeah. that I knew that I could make a decision here. And and retell it as if it's something that happened. Right, right, right. couple of thoughts, though, Jared. Mm. It's expensive. This takes a certain kind of customer that is willing to do a certain type of thing. Mm-hmm. A family of five. One daughter, one son gets pouty. One wife doesn't want to commit. One husband's like, this is weird. I don't want to do this anymore. It can fall apart quickly. Oh, sure, sure. We were promised a ton of immersion and interaction with Batu. Yep. Now there's trash cans in front of the doors. Wonderful. Does, does this stay like this and get more and more epic and they add new stories and new twists and turns? Or does this, after eight months, become... An interesting hotel. Right, 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 right. I think I think probably somewhere in between, right? Like it's gonna I, I think the cruise ship model is probably the best uh you know model that you could compare this to right yeah. so i think it's gonna probably be a lot i mean a lot of that stuff will probably go away and like be less confusing and you just have a lot of options and i think people eventually are not going to want to go to galaxy's edge i think eventually galaxy's edge will become so normal yeah. right that they're gonna be like well no we've paid this much we want this thing we can go do that tomorrow right what else do you have on the ship here and i think that's going to be the big thing although if you do get to go to Galaxy's Edge in this interesting way, yes, yes, and you're going there to basically play um, a fant- phantasmic game of capture the flag, okay. okay, you know what I mean? Like we we need to go there to right, solve. Right, right, and, right. If it's the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. the reason why I say that I would love to go, and I, I, you know, I'm I'm obviously trying to be funny, but right, right. I would never want to ruin anybody else's oh, vacation. for sure. For and sure. I would never want to get in the way of anybody's Disney magic. But I would love to go there and see, like, how far do they let you go playing onto the dark side and being a villain? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, how far could I go? And then retelling that story, like, how much of a, a story could I live and tell to where you're like, that's not a bad Star Wars story. Right, right. You know, or would it just be like lukewarm like mm-hmm. if you went there and that's why i would want to do this by myself right so i could fully dedicate because to me it's about telling that story afterwards now this is a question i have for you Mm-mm. are phones allowed has to be because Absolutely. a phone takes you back to the real world mm-hmm. and i don't i think that this experience should be club 33 rules mm. because if i see a vlogger being like 10 things to do on the holocron right, right, right that's right. gonna ruin it for me Hmm. Maybe it's um, certain areas, certain parts of it aren't aren't allowed or something like that. I, or, you know, your Earth communicators must be stored in a bag or something. But I think um, they make this a hit. They say, look, we have plenty of photo opportunities inside. We're even going to have an area where we shoot a video for you. Mm-hmm. But when you check into this hotel, you check in your phone. <laughs> but couldn't they go the other way, too, and say, like, a lot of this is app-based, that you have a phone, so if you have this... 
Holocron data pad. app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can access these things and sort of make it part of it so that maybe you're distracted by the thing and not. I, I, I think giving up your phone is stressful for a lot of people. And, and like you said, the whole family could be in it, but dad's not into it. And he's got a meeting at three and he's got to keep checking the email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just I mean? uh, yeah, yeah. pick one of the stormtroopers. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. 3,000 here. Here's another uh, 3,000. <laughs> Guy yeah. on the left. Yeah, exactly. Tabitha, you pick. Yeah, uh, so, Dark Vader. <laughs> so I think. Yeah, that's what, I, what I'm curious about that, too, because I think that's sort of the roulette of this kind of a setup is some people are going to take it very seriously. The adults, most likely, right? They're Adult night, go, that's the cruise I want on. Yeah, they're going to go nuts and, and want to do it, and, and it'll be interesting to see how prepared they are to manage all of that level without somebody ruining it for somebody else, right? So if this this 30-year-old adult is going nuts with it and kind of being annoying and scary, are you ruining it for the 5-year-old yeah. who doesn't understand exactly what we're doing here? Mommy, he's scary. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. So Tabitha, like, grow up. That'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Nothing scares Tabitha. But uh, that'll be interesting to see how they work that in because obviously they have to consider that. It's just one of those ideas that it's so ambitious mm -hmm. that it asks so many questions yeah, yeah, yeah. more than it answers. And it'll work itself out and yeah. I just I hope this is the type of thing in in art and design and specifically theme park design if you're going to do something like this, you got to commit to it. Mm -hmm. If you don't go the whole way, you didn't go any way right. at all and it'll be a failure. I would love to see, I like this concept in that what if every time you came to Disneyland, this was how you experienced Disneyland in some version of this, mm. you enter through the portal and now you're staying in Disneyland and it's just all one big thing. You don't leave and go across the street to Denny's and then go to your right. Motel 6. It's all, you know, and obviously that would make sense from a financial thing to just keep you oh, sucked within in, yeah. this world or, or like a cruise, all inclusive. Everything's covered. And that's another thing that, that I'm curious about. You know, do I pay $3,000 and then it's, you know, 70 credits a meal? Mm -hmm. You know, like how, how does all of that work? But I'm very intrigued by this. And the more that I thought about it yesterday, the more I thought, you know, if it's not a complete disaster, it's a, it's an amazing thing. And it it's getting, what, 500 guests at a time? Oh, really? Oh, see, I, I mean, I, I don't know how many people Like how there, many they could realistically... But it's like, you know, even if it's 150, getting 150 people to buy into a game. Do you think this is a test? Do you think we'll get it here? Some version of it, maybe in California. This is for this is for Florida. This is an Orlando so, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think it's like eventually we're going to get this? I mean, I think that with the fact that you don't look out and that you're using a city bus right to fly there, why not? Seems possible. Yeah, I'm not going to say no. I mean, at that price point, I mean, to me, the price point matches a California customer that, better yeah, than a Florida customer. That's exactly what I was thinking. So for you, would you? Go out of your way for this. I mean, obviously, you would go if they comped you. I so which okay. Disney's not in the comp right, business. Right, right, I like. I get very nervous about this interactive. So this like, gives you anxiety. It does. So like, even things like magic shows or comedy shows, if you sit too close and like they're going to call you out and stuff. So to me, that's what this feels like. Like they're going to constantly be after you to do these things, and then it just makes me uncomfortable. So I certainly don't want to pay that much money to be uncomfortable. I'd like to watch it, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be forced into these weird situations all the time. So I want to hear some reviews about how it's going and what specifically you do, but all of the stuff around it, the, the concept and the, the way the thing looks and the way the shuttle looks, I want to experience that part for sure. I'm, I'm pretty fascinated with this. Yeah. And yesterday I was like, yeah, whatever. 
But yesterday it really got me thinking. And I've I've like tried to jump into this world and really think about if you committed to it, how far could you go with right, it? Right, right, right. And I'm I'm intrigued. I don't know. I'm not that big of a social media influencer. I'm like, I got three grand to do this one episode. Like I don't have that kind of budget. Mm-hmm. But I am kind of curious about going and committing and trying to retell that story so i think that'd be fantastic i I think like a lot of people probably be like me and be like before we drop all this cash yeah we'll send bricky yeah exactly as our scout start your uh start a fund yeah darth bricky yeah all right my number one thing that i was most excited about and everybody knows i'm a disneyland guy i haven't ever set foot in epcot weird i've only been to the uh, magic kingdom and and never as a super fan or a self-proclaimed Disney historian. But the number one thing for me that was announced out of this weekend, and a lot of people in the blogging world were saying that it was a um, not an overwhelming announcement panel. They didn't feel like it, they really brought their game. Hmm. But for me, one thing that stood out above everything else is this new structure that will be built in the reimagining of Epcot called Dreamers Point. Yes. And this building is a three-level structure, which on the bottom, it's sort of a, a plaza area. That The second level is like a conference media, and it looks like they're going to have um, different things they can do in there. And then the top is a rooftop garden that mm-hmm. will give you a beautiful view of Spaceship Earth and Epcot. But also on the reverse, the new water show that will be happening on the body of water that it sits behind. Right. But to me, why this is the best thing that I saw this weekend and talking to an Imagineer last night that worked on it, mm-hmm. look at this image right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's designed to mimic nature because right. those are supposed to be giant leaves. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, do you yeah. see how there's the stem and, and the, then it yes. goes out? Almost like the bottom of a mushroom kind of yeah. look. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This building, Dreamer's Point, which I don't think the name's that good, mm-hmm. it, it totally goes back to the optimism that Disneyland had. Mm-hmm. Tomorrowland, I know it's supposed to be about the future, but to me it was about optimism and telling a great story. And that's what I love about mid-century modern design and Palm Springs in particular. Right. Palm Springs is like this weird land trapped in time that is the promise of a future that we never got. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about atomic age design. So to me, the design of this building, it's beautiful, it's not related to any IP whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's a dwelling space. It's a, a an entertainment area for lots of different things to happen. This will make food and wine significantly better. This will make nighttime shows significantly better. Like this is a plaza. It's a dwelling space. It's not a ride. It's not an attraction into itself. It's just an experiential building, but it is beautiful. It moves the world forward. This is a cousin to what we have at LAX mm-hmm. that yeah. Walt Disney donated to the city of LA as part of their partnership. The Imagineers designed that building as a gift to Los Angeles for being a good partner in business for the Disney corporation. To me, this is just, it's what they do better than anybody. And I was very happy to see that this still exists inside the corporation during the IP years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the structure? Beautiful. Am I overselling it? No, no, no. I'm surprised this is number one for you. Uh, it is sort of, uh, you know, because it's not an attraction, not a ride per se or anything. Uh, and it's at a park that you haven't been to. Um, and it does have that sort of retro future aesthetic, like you were saying, which is still kind of the modern look, right? It doesn't look 
crazy futuristic, but it, it does have that, like you said, that space age yeah. design element to it. So I think it's a gorgeous structure, and, and there's a lot of open space in Epcot where, where this thing will sort of help make it more Epcot-y, <laughs> as opposed to, say, dropping uh, whatever, Gardens of the Galaxy in there, right, something like right. that. So uh, from that standpoint, and it looks like this garden thing at the top might be the most interesting thing to me, especially if that's going to be either a, a viewing area mm-hmm. or I'm not sure how they're doing it. What, but did they say what it like? Is it a restaurant or is it a? So it's a pavilion. It's um, it's a multi-use space. Basically. Okay. Okay. But the top, you will be able to watch the nighttime show from there for like, is that going to be like a package thing? You think like, you know, to access it, like everyone's going to want to be telling there, me right? that it's open. So I'm just going to go because Jeannie says to go there because I said I want an optimistic, futuristic day. Yeah. No, I love the structure, though. If we're just looking at this, this design of this thing, I think it's it's a perfect fit, uh, the right tone for, for Epcot. So I think it'll fit right in. I'll just be curious to see how they use it and to what, you know, what extent it gets sort of worked into your day at Epcot. And to me, you know, the show is Disneyland for designers. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about Disney design I just thought that this was the one piece. Right. You know, Marvel Land has some good bits and pieces, or I'm sorry, Avengers Campus, but they're they're fitting it in a weird spot. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mickey's Runaway, it's cool, but it's a cartoon come to life. You know, yeah. this is the one thing that is today's Imagineers really looking at Disney as its own IP. And this is like the Walt Disney statue. It's like, how can we keep telling our own story? Mm-hmm. And what I really enjoy about this is it kind of made me think maybe the best play for Tomorrowland yep. in California is a mini Epcot and not Westcott because that would just right, upset right. people because yes. that was just right. such an epic project. But what if our Tomorrowland became this really nice city park with lots of technology in it? Mm-hmm. Enhanced the fireworks viewing experience. Right. Added more of that California lifestyle to the park. You know, places to eat. Yeah. Nice places to go. Like, this made me think that maybe Tomorrowland should be looked at more as a pavilion and less of the space race. Right. Because something like this with graded hills and pathways. Right. Right. Space Mountain can stay. Everything else can go. But you'd have enough of a footprint there to really kind of put the park Back in the Disneyland part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just breathing space and like, yeah, maybe even like a special events yeah. kind of thing or something Put some like water that. in there right. and some yeah, different yeah. things. And... and then drop Tron in the background. It's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. Do you believe that? I really, really think it's we're going to get something. That ride, I think it's going to be so incredibly popular. I, I just can't. I find it hard to believe we're not getting that. I can't make knows. it fit. I know. I and a lot um, of people, so, but something has to go then, right? Oh, well, we a lot has subs to go. and Autopia, and a lot there has you go. to go. Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, this version of a Tomorrowland could you could give a little bit more to Fantasyland, which it needs. You, you know, you could add along a little bit more. Like in my mind, Tomorrowland or this version would start from you know Launch Bay over. Yeah. Give that Autopia area yeah. kind of you know over to Fantasyland. Um. So that would also include the submarine lagoon and all that stuff. Right. But then the rest of it, have it be sort of the Civic Plaza Park and put some cool stuff in there. I I, I think that that would work. But this is getting back to like looking at their own history and telling that story. And, you know, I've never been to Epcot. Yeah. And I never really wanted to go Mm. because it just looked 
old and outdated. And no. It looked like a massive sad Tomorrowland. I would put good money on the fact that if you went to all the... You go to do a big Florida trip, not the Star Wars stuff yet, but go to the big Florida trip, do all the parks in however much time you want to take, I guarantee you Epcot will be your favorite park. Looking at it now, yeah, I'm going to let the dust settle on this construction, yeah. and I'm 100% going to Epcot. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, now yeah. they've got me hooked in, because now it really looks like a cohesive idea it looks like some place i've never been before mm-hmm. and shout out to our boy eric tan who go. just crushed it with all of those posters finally got to meet him this weekend he's such a great, great guy. guy that's my top 10 list hate it or love it disagree with it anything that i didn't mention that you were excited about well i was so busy i didn't i didn't look at so this is a nice recap for me um i think so much was with the star wars and the marvel stuff that um i didn't get a chance to hear the park stuff so this has been this has been great got to do a little research before we started but no i think this covers the big ones for me i'm excited you know i was obviously hoping for more for disneyland yeah and, and i was really looking for something that hadn't leaked out and one of the bad things about the world that we live in is basically everything that they told us I already knew. Right, right. And I was really hoping for just something that didn't happen. And we know people that are working on projects that they thought were going to get announced, yeah. and that didn't happen. Exactly. exactly. So it really is a game-time decision on what they put out on that that stage. All right, we're going to get into some bonus content and just sort of recap um, a lot of the wild stuff that's happened for both of us for some bonus content for Circle of Trust members. wanted to make sure that everybody could hear this countdown because this really is an exciting time to be a Parks fan when they make these big announcements. It really shows what's going to be happening over the next couple of years and all of this fun new magic that we'll get to experience with our friends and loved ones. And somebody's going to bring Tabitha, so oh. she'll be there. <laughs> Tabitha, your turn. You're holding up the line. We. Hello, designers for Disneyland. Thank you so much for listening to my personal top 10 list. I'm sure my list was different than yours, but these were the 10 things that really got my mind thinking about attractions that I want to ride, new experiences that I want to have in my life, and the future of Disney design. What are the pieces of the puzzle that show me that there's a bright, new, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day? Coming up in part two of today's episode, Jared and I each share the details on our amazing Disney summers that we had and all of the details on our wild Disneyland weekend. Part two is available for our Circle of Trust members that support Disneyland for Designers and make sure that this podcast shows up each and every month, as well as all the other content on the AID network, where we deliver 200 new podcasts each and every year designed for folks just like you trying to find a way to turn your daydream into your day job. What do you say we start the Circle of Trust right now at AID.network? So, Jared, we don't have a ton of time because you have a meeting to go to. Right. But I wanted to do some bonus content now that we got our countdown out of the way. Dude, we both have had a magical Disney summer mm-hmm. and in two different ways. Yes. You, through your growth and working with the Disney organization, mm-hmm. you have had a fantastic summer. Can I, can I recount some of these experiences for you? Please do. I enjoy it. Okay. Not only have you been doing your typical signings and releases for the Wonderground Gallery, which is amazing. Thank you. But you were a big part of the Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary. Oh, yes. Releasing a Haunted Mansion blind box toy set. Yep. Which looks fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you for comping me a case. Of course. What was that night like? 
So the night was fantastic. Um, I, I'm. It looked like you had way more fun than you thought you were going to have. It did. Like I these late night things, not really for me. I, I feel like doing that. Is yeah, last just night we rough. left Disneyland at like seven thirty because you were yeah. getting tired. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I was not like a little worried about one a.m. <laughs> But the, it was all about the entertainment for me. Um, so they had the Cadaver Dance perform. They did a great show so good. on like the Fantasmic Island thing, you know, Rivers of America. Yeah. They did a whole Haunted Mansion thing, which is great. Very short, but great. They had the whole theme just filled with uh, smoke, you know, like smoke machines were going. So it, And they lit it very dramatically. So And it was very dark. What footprint did you guys have to stay so in? So they did let you go um, New Orleans Square. So from the entrance to Galaxy's Edge there, just before Hungry Bear, uh, all the way down to you can do the railroad and then like Indiana Jones. But everyone stayed kind of around the mansion and then sort of that great area. But they spread out the food things and you got a little tag so you can claim a free well, not free, but uh, you can claim your snack and things like that. So a lot, a lot of, of folks were really dressed up too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of costumes and things like that. They had the the singers on the the riverboat. So when you run around the riverboat, they were performing on there, and then the Dapper Dan's performed, and then uh, Madame Leota came out on the sort of. Did you see that terrace. Madame Leota thing on I the terrace? I didn't. We so the the problem was it was a very short amount of time. It went from like one to four, which sounds like plenty of time, but when you're trying to get on these things so we did like the hitchhiking ghost photo op that took half the time so uh things like that characters yeah people right as the hitchhiking ghost and everyone wants to do that of course yeah um so it was like that you kind of had to pick what you want to do and then of course everyone wanted to do the mansion about the social love yeah. sorry <laughs> So we did do the mansion, and they put in some a few surprises in there. So they had like a guy in the in the armor, like there was an actual. Oh guy yeah, in it. yeah, like they used to do back in the right. day. Right, but he didn't kind of. I wanted him to kind of surprise you or come at you, and he was just sort of up on the stairs and just kind of. Hey moved. kids, I'm an yeah, old, I'm exactly. a knight. And then at the very end, they had uh, one of the hitchhiking ghosts was an actual person. Oh. Um, and he was doing the movements really well. It looked like he was, you know, he was trying to imitate an animatronic. Yeah. And then he then he moves, but uh, that was the main thing. I, I'd wish they had done a little more in the mansion itself um but uh other than that it was great and then the time went by extremely fast so yeah it was fun were you signing no you were just able to we were just enjoying the thing we did sign during the day they had us all in the day when when all the shopping took place so these people didn't have to lug all this merchandise around and there was a lot of merchandise um a little crazy on the first day they had some like the registers went down and so that's never good i heard Um, the registers were haunted there you go (laughs) But uh, we had a great time, and mainly because we got to... I, these are the things where I get to talk with these people that I don't normally come in contact with. So like, I was sitting next to the uh, head of like theme park stuff for Marvel and just talking to him about all that stuff, and then some Imagineers, and, and just, yeah, it's a really neat party for You're them. like, I don't like what you do. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this Marvel. I've heard a lot about...